Merry Christmas. And today we're having a, uh, a bang up direct mail session. Um, we're going to talk about incremental lift, but first let's have some fun. Santa's coming down the chimney and he's getting stuck. There goes his hat. That's his hat over there. Let's see if I can get the hat to work without launching it. Yeah, there's his hat coming down the chimney and he's going to get stuck and greeted by a furry little friend uh, with really, really bad breath. So here we go. There goes the puppy. Santa's feet. Santa's stuck. I don't think that's true. Santa uses magic. Keep their teeth clean and breath fresh this holiday season with Greenies Dental Treats. Okay, so there you go. Well-being made wonderful. And they do have a special, um, what are they? What did they say? A special eggnog version? I don't know. Let's go see. Let's go see. Santa's Greenies. Okay, so here we go. Here it is. Greenies Dental Treats for promises to freshen dog's breath um, for pet parents to put in their pet stockings. It was done by the agency Adam and Eve and uh, Les Bennett's over there. And every now and then I talk about him. He does great work. They do great work. They did, um, I think they did the Sainsbury's, um, Alvin the Carrot or something. They did, they did, oh, they did the one about the skateboarder. And I love that one. And then this year's was awful because they changed to a different agency. So I really like the work of Adam and Eve. I'm obviously not that up on it at all. So anyway, the dog has bad breath. And so Santa gives him greenies. And that's pretty much it. But the article goes on to say 70% of pet owners plan to buy their pet gifts and more than a quarter of those plan to spend more than $100. We had a duck and some and some some tropical fish, but I never quite got what it was about. But that's from Eric Oster at Media Post. Okay, now here's a really interesting article by Tucker Matheson. How to make strategic marketing cuts that don't sacrifice growth. Okay, that is like... In a recession, that's like gold. I mean, the only other thing is to how not to expand your budget too much and get growth because that's, you know, always a challenge too. I got my high-octane Hills Brothers. And uh, this is a pretty thoughtful article. I actually went to the to the ad agency, Mark Marcusy, and I looked around quite a bit um, because... It says that they're that they do actually think about direct mail. That's how this article popped up. Um, but you know, one of the first things to get cut is marketing budgets in a, in tough times. That's what that's what um, no, I'm that's what Tucker says. Okay, and that's probably true. Seventy-one percent of CMOs say they lack the budget to fully execute their strategy, and of course. That's about where the CFO wants them. You know, what's the problem? Why is it why is it that the CMO nobody listens to the CMO? Well, it's because no one sees the connection between the advertising and a bump in sales. They know if they stop it entirely, it probably doesn't 
it probably will hurt sales, but they pretty much suspect they can cut it back and not have any real impact. Okay, if they did think there was an impact, they wouldn't do it, right? So CMOs, according to Tucker, CMOs need to support their C-suite partners in the financial branch. And how do you do that? Well, first he says you should know how much of your advertising is geared toward new versus returning customer sales. Now that's pretty easy in direct mail because we mail the customer list and we mail rented lists or other acquired lists, right? So we know exactly who's getting our ads. But guess what? Much as I searched for Marcusay, they only in passing mention direct mail. So I don't know how they do it. Um, they said high growth brands spend 30 to 50% of their media budget on targeting site visitors and previous customers. Basically most of their ad budget, well, half their ad budget goes to existing customers. And that can be a, a problem for growth. We're going to have a case study though at the end. Stay with me here. That can be a problem for growth because if you're just getting repeat, that depends on which growth you mention, measure, right? If you measure profitability, that might that might be the best thing to do because you don't you don't have to say a lot to your existing customers to get them to come back and they're used to coming right um whereas new customers you might have to give them big incentives right you might have to repeatedly advertise to them to get it in their head that they should come visit come visit so as far as profit goes Focusing on customers is a really good thing to try, especially if you're not doing enough of it. How do you know? Well, give me a call. We'll talk about it. Um, right? But Tucker seems to think that, first of all, CMOs are not aware that the percentage of budget to, returner, to returning users is so high. Second of all, he says that the media, the ad algorithms, will optimize toward existing customers when given the option to do so. In other words, you know, if you say Facebook, I like, I'd like people who are interested in doggy treats, let's just say. Well, the people that are easiest to spot are the ones that have already clicked on the Greenies ad, right? Or shown interest, or maybe they're, they're on the Greenies, they've liked the Greenies Facebook page. You see how that works? So the easiest ones for Facebook to ship up to you are the previously targeted customers plus facebook in general doesn't know which ones are buying and which ones aren't because you know first of all they there may be a coupon or something there may be a reason to visit your site but facebook may not know that they went to visit but then maybe they have to go to a retail store or maybe they happen to be in a retail store see your packaging remember that they like that and pick it up the 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 link is is tenuous at best and therefore Facebook doesn't know that they're your customer or who is and who isn't, right? And so unless you upload a list and most most manufacturers don't even have a list of who's buying at retail, except, you know, maybe some uh, associative list, you know, of people who visited the site or people who redeemed a coupon or something else, downloaded an app. Okay, so although marketers can try to exclude existing customers and site visitors through lists, it's a leaky bucket. Match rates are often below 50%. That's, that's where you're trying to match real customers with a real list of customers, right? So platforms tend to show more ads to existing customers than might be desired. Interesting, isn't it? 
You didn't know digital was so leaky as this, right? So what can marketers do to ensure their spending leads toward customer acquisition? Well, one is to evaluate incrementality rigorously and frequently. Now, this is a word I'm up for in 2024, right? Everybody wants to talk about ChatGPT, and we talked about that yesterday. So I'm, I was interested in this article because he talked about ongoing incrementality testing. I'm all over testing, right? Um, so I went all over the, I went all over their, their, uh, site. There's plenty of blog articles. I did find one by Tucker on why mail is important. Um, but I never found out what incrementality testing is. Okay. Um, not sure at all. Uh, this article did mention direct mail, but it's just in a smorgasbord of other media. Okay. Uh, Tucker says specific testing plans need to be put in place over multiple months to test the value and incrementality of this spend on driving new customers. Okay, and I'm assuming they do it by a matchback test, which is just like what it sounds. Uh, customer bought, and it's not so easy if you if you're selling to retailers, they won't necessarily tell you. Uh, they might. Sometimes you can buy this. Uh, Greenies is now owned by by M&M Mars, I think, or Mars. Mars treats or something. And so they may buy it from the retail market. Um, but one other way to do it is to say, shut down meta spend in key markets for X weeks. And that means multiple weeks, <laughs> right? For multiple weeks. So shut down, shut down the meta spend and see what happens, right? Shut down meta spend in key markets for X weeks. Okay, and this is a logical, effective testing strategy to understand how much a specific source is influencing other channels in certain markets. In other words, if you shut down your meta spend and nothing happens, then nothing was really happening. Your other media was carrying the weight. And so you can selectively shut down different digital media and see what happens. And that's something Andrew Ettinger recommends uh, when he starts people on mail, gets them on a regular mailing schedule, and then weans them off of digital media and they find out that not only doesn't anything go down, but it, things go up because mail is more effective. Okay, delivering more with less is, a, is an unrealistic cliche. Uh, what you need is a strategic incrementality testing playbook, but I couldn't figure out what Tucker meant by that. So I welcome his comments. I will tag him in the comment section, not in the main header. Um, so let's go over to this. This guy thinks he knows all about this. Driving incremental lift and ROI in 2024 with direct mail. And this is a guy named John Miglosh. What does he know? But this is going to be a masterclass, and we only have eight minutes. Okay, so AdAge published an article actually talking about direct mail. So I was excited. Um, but they've only had 13 articles on direct mail. Two of them were negative, so only, only actually 11 articles in 28 years since the internet got started. And the fact is your CFO, your CEO, your board of directors thinks mail is expensive and doesn't justify itself, okay? Um, the general marketing community thinks if you measure, that's enough. Measurement is if you, whatever you measure, you can control. And if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. That's not what Deming said, FYI. But the other thing is, is that measurement alone will not predict the future. So you don't get predictive modeling from measurement. You get it from theory. And the way we get to theory is from observation, 
hypothesis, experimentation, explanation, and finally theory in an iterative system. And maybe that's what Tucker's talking about. I doubt it, but maybe they don't explain it. So observation is something like, hey, we shut our meta-advertising meta off in the Milwaukee market for three weeks and sales didn't move one way or the other. That would be an observation. Now, see, you even in an observation area, you, you, you're better off when you do something and see what the impl implications, see what the causal force is, okay? You could just uh, observe. No, it really helps, even with observation, to start with trying something different, see what happens, because you have a control of the rest of the world. But maybe... Maybe there's a failure somewhere. That's what happened with Uber. And they all of a sudden, their digital stopped working for a week. Nothing happened. <laughs> no sales drop. Um, Procter & Gamble cut their digital ad by 40% and their sales went up. So anyway, when you get this iterative test, so we, uh, we observe something. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in the case study. Something happens. That's an observation. And then you say, well, why did it happen? Okay, now, now, you, now things get a little more complicated and interesting. You start ha having hypotheses. Well, maybe it's because there was a blizzard. You know, I worked with Blockbuster a little bit, and they said that five of the top ten reasons people went to the to rent videos and stock up was rather weather-related. They said if we could buy hurricanes and blizzards, we would make a fortune. That's not how it works, right? Uh, so as you observe, and they confirmed it with repeated measurement, they had measurement of weather, and they could see spikes in market, and they could then connect with weather. And I've heard 7-Eleven in Japan did this also many, many years ago. Um, with theory, we can confidently say if A, then B. So once you once you have repeated observation, hypothesis, experiments, you can get to an explanation and you can keep verifying that. That's the scientific method. But advertising mark and marketing education and practice pay little or no attention to this fundamental uncom uncompromising process. All the while, we boldly proclaim, proclaim definitive data, measure everything, predictive modeling, real-time data, target marketing, and at the same time, our clients repeat the tired old whine Half my advertising is wasted. I wish I knew which half. I heard that twice in the last two months from, from prospective clients. So how do you fix that? Well, mail order, according to Claude Hopkins, 100 years ago, based on 50 years of testing before his book came out, 100 years ago, said mail order advertising first established many of our basic laws. Okay, so not too many years ago, we were asked by Lovesack, a retailer with about 80 stores at the time, we were asked um, to fix their catalog. A consultant had told them to start a catalog. They had one, but they had so little trackable results that they didn't even share them with us. When I repeatedly asked, they said, nope, there just isn't any result. Okay, so then they got a new VP of marketing, Patrick, and he was from a well-known consumer products goods brand with no mail experience direct mail experience, and he said we needed to talk, and he said our consumer research tells us that once people know of us and our products, they're like as likely to buy from us as our major competitors like Wayfair or Williams-Sonoma. 
Why then we should, should we waste a lot of money mailing to our past customers who know who we are and already own and understand our products? Exactly what Tucker was saying. See that? Right? They teach this stuff. Luckily, I skipped that part of my education. We could, all, we could spend that money on brand awareness, drive new people to our website and stores, he suggested, and they probably had already decided to cancel the catalog and save the million dollars plus a year. So we posed a question to him. That's one of the best questions I've ever, a client has ever asked, and you're probably right. Probably Tucker's right. But would you like to know the ROI in your catalog before you do something rash? And he said, how can you know? This is what real incremental lift means, okay? I explained we could build your customer mailing, we could build your customers, do the selection, get everybody ready to mail, and then omit about 10% of the mailing. That becomes a control. You can think of it that way. Let's measure how people spend where we do nothing. And then let's measure how people spend where we do something. And all of the email and TV and website and retail, all that continues to operate. And if it's doing all the work, then there'll be no difference between the mailed group and the unmailed group. Okay? Does that make sense? If the catalog is effective, then there will be a difference. And what we found was for every dollar we spent on the catalog, about $10 were spent by the mailed group versus the unmailed. And we had 150000 or something in the test. So it was a good test. Okay? So when we... So when, but then we noticed that there were a lot, remember, Tucker was talking about matchback. We noticed there were a lot of next door neighbors in the match that weren't getting counted. So we counted them. We counted both, both ways. Patrick asked that. And what we found was that there was a 900% ROI. And for every one order we got from our customers, we got two orders from Passalong. So we were actually acquiring new customers and growing. So while we were working with them, they went from 50 million to 100 million. They'd always grown by new stores, but in this case, they basically added no new stores. So it was all on incremental growth. The founder, Sean Nelson, good guy, said it was our biggest growth ever. We spent money very carefully with really great returns because the marketing department knows what they're doing. Okay, so in 2024, I'm arguing that what you want to do is figure out this kind of experimentation, ex incremental ROI. What's the difference between doing A and B? And when you know that, you know more than almost any other competitor in the world. I'm John Miglosh. Have a great day. There's links in the article available at WDMA.org after the show. Bye-bye.